Do you remember last week when I called you, we were FaceTiming and you were just eating celery like for fun and you weren't making any faces or grumpy about it at all? Like you were just eating celery because you eat celery sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's, that's a weird thing. That's your cold open. That's a weird thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ellen Mars. Hi, Patricia. Look, we got through a cold open without you getting mad at me. I mean, for what? <laughs> I, I'm just shocked that that was news to you. Yeah, Do you know what like, I mean? She's eating celery. When we were on tour, you guys, Ellen at one point was like, we ate almost every meal together. And you went, you haven't eaten a vegetable in a week. Yeah. I was like, do you want some veg, babe? <laughs> I was you like, know, no, thank broco- you, though. Broccoli's like little broomsticks <laughs> for your colon. They just clean it on right on out there. You guys, before we get to the episode, don't forget, if you want more Ellen and me shenanigans, join us on the Patreon. We have 10 bonus episodes. Stop Go it. on, tell we them have, how many. We have like, we have, what do we have, like 30 bonus apps? Babe, we did like 15 episodes of See No Evil. We did 10 episodes of Snap. We did, even, no, we got a lot of bonus apps. Tell them about this new series we're covering. It's called, what's it called? Well, we dropped it on a, by, we dropped it, we, we dropped it, so who the bleep did I marry? Can we put a bleep in there? Ready? Yeah. Who the but it's actually, it actually says bleep. It says bleep. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think they mean fuck. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Unless it's like, who the shit can did I marry? You can just you can put in any curse who word. Who the twat did I marry? Yeah. Who the fuck nugget did I marry? Who the boner did I marry? Boner! <laughs> oh, that's such a gross word. It's so gross, but we are having such a good time on the Patreon. You can also find ad-free versions of these episodes. We do monthly trivia that's really fun. I don't know. What else? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all we do. But we're here for you. You yeah. can also get in on our close friend circle. That's Basically, at the $10 level. It's really fun. We make a lot of videos with weird filters for the people at the besties level. All I basically do is put the camera in Patrick's face, and then he yells at me to take the camera out of his face. And that's it. Honestly, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. But they're a really good time. All right, you guys. Season 5, Episode 14, Footprints in the Sand, tells the story of the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert. Street-smart urbanite Shannon Gilbert goes missing on the remote southern shores of Long Island. My heart just sunk. I knew that something bad happened to her. Clues from Shannon's final moments raise a slew of frightening questions. On the phone call to 911, you heard Shannon Gilbert in distress. Someone is after me. They're trying to kill me. A cursory search through the underbrush exposes an unimaginable horror. I was just like, oh my God, what is going on? That's when this case took on a whole new dimension. What police discover next will launch one of the largest and most shocking investigations in Long Island history. Almost every assumption we've made about what's going to happen with this case has turned out to be wrong. Now, whoo, we both knew this story. I said, if I did not already know this fucking, you know, your best girlfriend, Alexis Linkletter, she and William Elizabeth covered this on season one of Unraveled, which was a podcast that they also did a documentary on for Discovery Plus. Alexis and I are running off and starting our own podcast and leaving all of you true crime men in the dust. I'll tell you, when we did our live show in LA and Alexis and Billy came, we went to the hotel bar afterwards. At one point I looked over and Alexis and Ellen were walking hands in hand like lesbians. We were like, she's my best friend. She a real bad bitch. Got her own money. I love you, Alexis. I don't even know if you listen to this podcast, but I fucking love you, girl. (laughs) 
So we open on Sunday, May 2nd, 2010. We're in Ellenville, New York. And my ego would like to know where that is. <laughs> just so we can visit. I love that your ego's making an appearance finally. <laughs> <laughs> wait, someone told me the other day. Wait, who was it? What? Someone told me that. Oh, it was my muggles, my neighbor. What'd they tell you? They said I had a healthy ego. Oh. I was like, tell that to my imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> At 11 p.m., 23-year-old business school student Cherie Gilbert is getting ready for bed when her phone rings. I remember I had just come home from work and I see this strange number on my phone. Hello? The caller is Alex Diaz, the boyfriend of Cherie's big sister, Shannon. It was very out of the ordinary for him to call. He says, is your sister up there? I haven't heard from her in a couple days. And I'm like, no. You know, like, well, where is she? So we're meeting a young woman named Cherie. It's 11 p.m. Cherie's 22 years old. She's a business student. She's just gotten home from work and her fucking phone rings. Uh, Who's calling at 11 o'clock? Actually, who's calling at 11? Come on, you text me all the time at like 11.45 p.m. Girl, you awake? That's why you you were out last night. That's why you texted me at 11. I did. What I got so drunk last night, I don't remember. You texted me last night, and I said, what are you doing up? And now this all makes sense, because Patricia was out. At 11.05, he texted us a picture from tour, and it just said, just us being awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just... You guys, we have a new fancy friend. Her name is Jen Samard, and she's a Tony nominee, and she likes hanging out with me. And so I'm going to ride that train until she gets tired of me, which is going to be any minute. Any minute. And, she's and then so I'm going to be though. stuck with you again. I know. <laughs> So anyway, the person calling young Cherie is a guy named Alex Diaz, and it's her older sister's boyfriend. And basically, Alex was like, hey, I know it's 11 o'clock, way too late to be calling. And also, I know that, like, your whole family fucking hates my guts, but thought I'd call you at 11 p.m. on a a random Tuesday anyway. We're going to get to that. And he was like, nothing to worry about, but have you seen or heard from your sister? And Cherie was like, no, I mean, what are you talking about? So it ends there. And then we go to a little backstory and then we're going to rewind again. 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert is the oldest of four sisters. And from an early age, she was used to being the center of attention. She had really beautiful, dark chocolate eyes, a big smile, perfect teeth, beautiful hair. She liked to sing. She liked to cook. She liked to write poetry and songs. So her name is Shannon. She's 24 years old. She's the oldest of four sisters. And her mother tells us from an early age, she was used to being the center of attention. To which I said, you and me both, girl. Yeah, I said, huh. <laughs> I see a lot of myself in Shannon. <laughs> I immediately feel a kinship. Yes. So we meet Shannon's mom, Mary. And Mary, Mary, I love this family. They've really been through it. But Mary is, like, very proud of how beautiful her daughter Shannon yeah. is. But she, like, describes it in, like, intimate detail, which is weird. And all of those things are absolutely true. Yes. But it's it's a little bit like I can hear myself breaking down Daisy's beauty like right. that and I'm just like, oh, it's a thing that you're supposed to just say like, my daughter's beautiful and move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, do you know that Jill Lustig once told me every time you want to tell your daughter she's beautiful, tell her she's smart. That's so funny. You told me that once yeah. and I tried that. It worked for about a week. I know. And you then just I went can't right help. You just can't help it. When you look at the 
sad little face. You just can't help it. You're beautiful, but also you can rule the world if you want to. It's also fine to tell your daughters that they're beautiful. That's fine, I know, you guys. It's I know. fine. But also, did you not notice, I'm actually surprised you didn't notice, is Mama Mary says how she has dark chocolate eyes, and then it smash cuts to a picture of her, and she clearly has blue eyes. No. <laughs> I was like, babe, are you wearing Maybe are you wearing, she's wearing contacts? Color contacts? Yeah, but it was just so yeah. funny that I do agree that they were probably contacts, yeah. but it goes, she had beautiful chocolate eyes. Baby girl, those are blue as shit. Yeah. Look, we've covered Shannon a lot. If you know this case, I won't give any spoilers, but like Shannon seems like a person I would have really liked to have known. Yeah, except the cooking thing. We, we don't cook. We don't cook. We don't do we're that. We're not so much as cooking. No. We're eating people. We're eating. Well, we're not eating people. No. <laughs> Did you see the look on my face? Patrick and Ella do not eat people. <laughs> we don't cook. We do eat people, though. <laughs> Punctuation is important. We're not cooking. We are eating people. <laughs> it's really important to punctuate. Is anyone still there? Did you see the look on my face? Yeah. You that? I was like, I, because for just a brief moment, I went, have we done that? <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Pot with you in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> no, like, have you eaten anything? Like, I ate ostrich once in Amsterdam. No, I mean... I don't think that's weird. I'll eat anything. I'll yeah. try anything one time. Yeah. Oh. I wouldn't eat like a chocolate covered cockroach, which exists. That's a real thing. Yeah. I'm you not would eat, You would eat a chocolate covered cock. <laughs> you walked into that one. That, was, that on. was such low hanging fruit. Growing up poor in a small town wasn't easy. But according to family, Shannon never struggled with schoolwork. She was very, very smart. She excelled in all her classes. Shannon graduated when she was 16. However, after high school, Shannon was startled by the real world, where opportunities were scarce and money was always tight. She had a whole bunch of random jobs. She was pretty much trying to find herself and find a job she was comfortable in. She graduated high school at 16. I was like, wow. Shannon's a genius. Then Christopher tells us, <laughs> Christopher, that after she graduated, she was startled by the real world. And I said, Christopher, yeah. aren't we fucking all? Nobody tells you <laughs> as a kid how good you fucking I know. have it. I know. The things that startle you as you age, yep. you know, it's like nobody tells you that you're going to wake up at 7.30 on a weekend. Right. You know, like, the fuck am I doing awake right now? Like, no My one... first thought was, why are you sleeping in so late on a Saturday? Oh, yeah. 7.30, you Yeah, said? but you know when you're, like, in your 20s and yeah. you can, like, sleep until noon? Yes. And then, like, no one tells you, like, you know when you're a kid and you, like, love talking on the phone? You can talk on the phone for hours. Yes, And yeah. now as an adult, you get a phone call and you're like, the fuck is this? Oh, I don't answer my phone. Yeah, I know. I, I mean. Do, I don't. Sometimes I'll take a FaceTime call from you, but not even usually that. Yeah. I hate just, it. All I'm saying is adulthood has startled all of us, Christopher. Exactly. And so Shannon gets a bunch of hospitality jobs just like the rest of us. She was a waitress for a long time. She worked at a front desk at a hotel. But in 2007, she moves to your neck of the woods. Girl, she moves to Jersey City. Hey, girl. And they say she gets a good paying job and maybe like, you know, her money troubles are going away. She has her own apartment. Her mother points out her own furniture. I, know. I was like, oh, I love these people. But Shannon's gainful employment wasn't the kind her family hoped for. Since 2007, Shannon had been working as an escort. I believe Shannon drifted into the escort business because she was influenced by the people that were around her at that time. They showed her how much money 
she can make in a short amount of time. The thing that I love about this episode is that it treats sex work as work. You know what right. I mean? It does not like dehumanize or condescend to like the idea of sex work. And from the family's own mouths, they're like, we wanted her to be doing something else, right. but she was making really good money. The mom's like, you know, you could make as much money in an hour doing sex work as you would yeah. make in a week at a minimum wage job. Yeah. No, absolutely. We need to raise the minimum wage. Separate conversation, <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yeah, conversation, yeah. for sure. We meet a reporter from Newsday by the name of Andrew, and he basically He's says- He's a ginger. You're not going to mention that? Oh, he, we- Sorry. <laughs> Jennifer? <laughs> we need a ginger reporter by the name of Andrew from- I love a ginger. I love a ginger. Why are gingers so cute? They're very cute. Yeah. I love a good ginger. Who's your favorite ginger actor? Oh, I was going to say Prince Harry, but he's not an actor. Yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name from Homeland? I can't oh, think of Damien his name. Oh, Damien something. Oh. Yeah. Is he ginger? He's fully ginger and can fully lay on top of me. Yeah, to say. Yeah. We should just lie next to each other and let <laughs> and him roll around. And then he can just roll back and forth and be like, all right, how's that? You like that? You like that? Back and forth? That good? That good? Anyway. I have one friend who's like a, a famous actor. She like loves him. Met him at a coffee shop in Brooklyn. They didn't know each other. And they just chatted for like a half an hour. Did he lay on top of her? Who knows? I never asked. Okay. That, that's, I would have. Okay. That's weird that you didn't ask. And I, then I would. That's very, we're, we're switching roles here. The modern day sex industry is not what it used to be. Today, much of the business is done online. There are very few places left where women are openly advertising sexual services just walking up and down a block. That block has now become the internet. Advertising her services online allows an escort more control over her clients and more freedom from law enforcement. Andrew basically explains that the old form of sex work isn't really like a thing anymore. Sex work is really takes place on the internet. So she advertised her services on Craigslist, basically what she was offering, what she was charging. And we meet Chief Dominic from the Suffolk County Police, and he explains, you know, he just explains the dangers of the occupation of sex work. Well, and, because, yeah. it's, number one, I love Chief Dominic. He's in Unraveled, and I, like, fucking love this yeah. guy. But what he's saying, and it's an important point, is that because sex workers have more control over their, like, lives and work, there might be a false sense of security that they're safer, when right. really they aren't. He's like, there are sexual predators and just fucking crazy murderers yeah. out there that lure people this way all the time. Yeah, he's very empathetic when he, like, explains, like, what's going on and, and you know. He really of, cares, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, Chief Dominic really, like, gives a fuck, yeah. and I love this guy. Yeah. yeah. So we're back to this call with Alex Diaz, and he explains, uh, yeah, I haven't seen her for two days. And then we get the backstory on the Gilbert family and how they really feel about Alex Diaz. And Sister Cherie is yeah. like, I mean, I guess he loved her. And I was like, oh, that's rude. And then in the <laughs> same breath. They fought a lot. And I know this one time he hit her hard enough where she had to go into the hospital and get a metal plate in her jaw because he broke it. This becomes very important later. He broke her jaw to the point that she needed a metal plate I mean, inserted in her fucking bones. I know. When they said Where that. Where is this fucking piece of shit? All the not people, on this episode. No. <laughs> yeah. You guys, there's a whole lot of dead people in this one, and none of them are Alex Diaz, much to my disappointment. Yeah. Patrick Hines is not advocating anybody going out and killing Alex Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Google him. <laughs> So 20 minutes later, Sister Cherie's phone is blowing up. Yeah. Michael Pack calls Cherie. And he was like, I was Shannon's driver. Yeah. We'll learn more about what he did that night. And he was like, yeah, I haven't seen her either. So we go back in time now. We go back to Saturday, May 1st, 2010 in New York City. We haven't been to New York. We don't really hit 
New York in a lot of these episodes. No, which is weird because there's like people go missing here all the fucking time. Yeah. But yeah, so like what we're we really learned... just hanging in Florida. A lot. Right. <laughs> Most of these episodes really do take place in Florida. Yeah. Even in underwater caves in Florida. Yeah. Even that's not safe. Can everyone in Florida just check in with us? <laughs> just a head count. Remember when you told us that you couldn't go scuba diving because you were so petite and I get so cold under the water and it's so cold and I have to ascend and then when I ascend I get to the top because my bosoms float me all the way to the top of the water because my bosoms are so big. I'm sorry, I was going to wait to talk. It's adult time now. Okay. It's around midnight, 48 hours earlier. Shannon Gilbert steps into a large black SUV. Behind the wheel sits Michael Pack. My belief is that Michael Pack was supposed to be her protection plus her driver. She would give him a cut of the money and he would take her where she needed to go, stay there and drive her home. Tonight, Pack is driving Shannon all the way out to Oak Beach, a small gated community on the affluent southern shores of Long Island. Michael Pack is not just her driver. He's also her protection. Right. He normally drives her all night. He drives all night. (laughs) He normally drives her around. You guys, we were ending all of our live shows with that song. Spoiler surprise. Ellen could not get the timing right. You guys, I messed up the timing in four out of six cities. Either I was too early or too late. And you know what I realized after watching a video? What? I realized this, and that's why I, like, fixed it in the end finally. I was, like, waiting for your back. I fucked my it up. My backing you, vocals? You were about to say my back. No, because, no, your backing vocals. Yes. You guys, Patrick was actually hilarious and he can harmonize. Don't yes, get yes. it twisted. He knows how to harmonize. He did a really, really good job. And I fucked it up every time. I have been on Broadway. People pay me to sing. Yeah, it's true. You sounded great. I fucked it up every time. It's all right. We still, for another we time. We still love you so much. So the thing about where Michael Pack was taking her, he was taking her out to a, an area of Long Island called Oak Beach and it was farther than Shannon would normally go, but she agrees to go at a higher rate to make up for the lost wages while driving. And I said, businesswoman. Yeah, I mean, I Googled it. It's about 53 miles outside of the city. So that's yeah. like an hour and a half. Yeah. Hour and a half each way. I mean, that's a couple of, I don't know, how long does a client take? An hour? I think she charges by the hour. Yeah, sure. So that's three. Yeah, absolutely. So she gets there at 2 a.m. and she's at the home of the client. The guy's name is Joseph Brewer. And I love the shade of them telling us he's an unemployed financial advisor and recent divorce. I was like, Joseph is not the bad guy here, but like, I was like, wow. As far as we know, he actually was considered a suspect for being one of the potential Long Island serial killers at some point. Well, now you just gave it up. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for talking about the Long Island serial killer. So Shannon goes into his house. Michael Pack waits outside. Everything is going as planned. We learn that in the car for the next three hours, Michael Pack entertains himself with his cell phone poker game. Yeah, don't you judge him for Listen, a little online gambling. We got one of our sponsors is that June's Journey game where she was like, I will play it and I'll tell you about it. I cannot rip him away from it. Hashtag not an ad for June's Journey, but my husband yeah. is not the same man he was before June's Journey. <laughs> Does he need a phone number Maybe. for like a gambling <laughs> addiction? I have some phone numbers. I bet you do. Okay. <laughs> Then, something terrible happens. The client had called Michael Pack in the house and said, can you please come get her? Michael Pack understood clearly that something had gone very wrong. Shannon is in an extremely upset and scared situation, believing that somebody is after her. She's hiding behind a couch, screaming for them to get away from her. Don't touch me! Get away from me! They don't understand what's going wrong with her. 
So eventually, like, I guess after three hours, Brewer, the client, calls Michael Pack and says, you got to come in here and get Shannon. And then the Joseph Brewer guy is like, I didn't do anything. He is literally, I'm like, well, number one, what have you guys been doing for three hours if you didn't do anything? And number two, I think that Joseph Brewer is really afraid that Michael Pack is going to beat the living fucking yeah. shit out of him. So Michael Pack comes in, but Shannon is already on the call with yeah. 911. She's screaming, please help me, please help me. He's screaming, I didn't do anything. She seems to be having, now again, I don't know if this is true or we, nobody really knows what yeah. happened with Shannon that night. She seems to be having some either sort of mental break or... Yeah, an or, episode of some kind. Or maybe, like, Joseph Brewer really did something fucking horrifying to her. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. So the reporter, Andrew, tells us that when she's on the phone with 911, she says she's at Jones Beach. She's actually at Oak Beach. Andrew yeah. makes a big fucking deal out of it. I was yeah. like, everybody knows Jones Beach. Yeah. Like, it's like if you're in Brooklyn and you say I'm in New York. Like, right. I was like, why? Why are we making this a big issue? Well, because he said, because he, like she actually is like miles from Jones Beach. It's 10 miles away. Yeah. So like what his point is that like she's about to go missing and no one's going to really know where to search for her. Right. You know right. what I mean? She's, but all to say she's in this state and she's saying I'm at Jones Beach. Come and help me. Anyway, Jones Beach is like one of the most famous beaches in New York. So yeah. I, anyway. So Michael Pack is still trying to calm her down. And then Shannon runs out the door, falls. Yeah. yeah. And then runs off. Yeah. And and like we learn that Michael Pack, her driver, is like he's following her for a little bit, but it's pitch black. And like the thing about Oak Beach, there's no streetlights. Yeah. There's no, like so, like she kind of runs off this kind of gravelly road into the woods or whatever. When terrifying. I was in Hilton Head, Hilton Head doesn't have streetlights. Yeah. I was more terrified being in Hilton Head, right. South Carolina, <laughs> than I yeah. had ever been on the streets of New York. A it's dark, true. like quote safe, quiet town. Yeah. Absolutely not. There are serial killers and Bigfoot for 100 Serial killers and fucking Bigfoot. That's the only thing that lives in the woods, you guys. But he's the last person to see her. And then, like, when he's on the phone with Sister Cherie, he's like, I continue to look for her, but then, girl, I had to leave because I was afraid I'd get arrested. Girl, Michael, what is going on? Yeah, and Cherie was like, wait, why did you leave her? And he's like, well, I looked for her for an hour, and I guess he was probably like, dude, I'm a driver. And also, I'm not a police I'm, officer. I'm also not getting paid at this point, I guess. Yeah, but he also, looked for an hour. But, I guess, what do you do? Michael, why know. did it take you two days to call the sister? Two fucking days. Yeah, that is actually a little weird. Right. <laughs> Gus Coletti is a 75-year-old retiree and long-term Oak Beach resident. This morning, he's up earlier than usual. I was in the bathroom shaving, and my wife was upstairs getting dressed. We were going upstate to a antique car show, and all of a sudden, I hear banging on my door, and somebody's screaming, help me, help me, help me. There's no question if somebody was in distress. So now we're still in Oak Beach. Now it's about 5, 10 a.m. Gus Coletti, who must be your best friend, because he is up and fucking at him at 5, 10 in the morning, washing, scrubbing, ironing, doing everything. He, look, he's getting ready to go to an antique car show. And I was like, damn, you got to get up early to go to an antique car show. Listen, you don't want to fuck with those lines. Those lines at the antique car show is like a goddamn Jonas Brothers concert it's over true. there. It's true. Yeah, you want to get... Get those Buicks. Yeah, totally. Anyway, Gus Coletti. Everyone's awake. Everyone's in the awake. House. And they have separate bathrooms. And they separate which bathrooms. Which I'm a big fan of Coletti household. <laughs> you know I love a separate bedroom and a separate bathroom. 
Go upstairs to your fucking room. <laughs> so they hear pounding on the patio door and a young woman screaming, help me. And he opens the door. It's Shannon. She like barges right in, won't tell him anything. And that's the thing. Like no one can get out of her what is actually wrong. I mean, she's wrong. hysterical. Hysterical. Like beyond. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's it's like hyperventilating. She is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. So he calls the police thinking that's going to calm her down. It only makes her more hysterical. <laughs> Gus, baby, she did not. Not no. want you to call the cops. That was a no from her. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry. The cops are on their way. She's <laughs> like, the <laughs> fuck you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she is out the door. She just bolts. And Gus is like, wait, what? But Gus being like the down bitch of the episode follows her yeah. out. He like, this Oak Beach neighborhood is like one road in, one road out. And he a wants, gated community. Gated. He wants to go and like meet the cops and like explain to them what's happening. He gets outside. He sees a black SUV. We know it's Michael Pack. And the SUV is like turning the lights on and off, like looking for, Gus can tell like whoever the driver is is looking for Shannon or following her. Right. And so Gus Coletti was like, have you seen this girl? Well, I love that Gus has no fear. He walks right up to the terrifying. Five o'clock in the morning, pitch black. He's like, I paid taxes for this gated community. There, but like, yeah. Yeah. He said, did we say he's seventy-five? No. I mean, Gus Coletti. He was like, you know, there for Noah's Ark and shit. He's like, he's been here for a minute. I think that the fact that he's getting ready to go to an antique car show at five in the morning maybe betrayed his age a little bit. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) he helped Noah build the ark. He's like, do you need help, bro? You good? My name's Gus. If you need anything, Noah's like, I got it. <laughs> anyway, I do my wife to- won't let me use the same bathroom. I gotta, I gotta use the upstairs one. <laughs> do you have two penguins? Anyway, so <laughs> Gus is like, do you want me to keep a database? <laughs> Gus is making a biblical spreadsheet. <laughs> it's gonna rain soon. Can you get me that hammer? <laughs> Gus is just all of a sudden. <laughs> it's a helper. It's a big boat, <laughs> Noah. It's we're we're going to need all this space? It's an ark, actually. <laughs> if me and my wife are going to come on this thing with you, we're going to need separate bathrooms. She does not like to share with me. <laughs> you have any cougars? Ellen! <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> Dance break, 15 seconds. This is Back to cleaning your kitchens, everybody. Okay. Here we go. So the SUV was like, wait, have you seen this girl? And Gus was like, wait, funnily enough, a girl just banged my house down yeah. and then ran off. She banged my house down. Is that a word? <laughs> yes. Is that a set? Bang my house down? I'll huff on, I'll puff. So she she barged into my house and then she ran off and I called the police. And that's when the guy in the SUV was like, wait, you called the cops? Yeah. And Gus was like, I mean, yeah. There you was sh- a woman screaming, crying at my door at 5 o'clock in the morning. What else am I going to do? She was calling for help. Wait, I love the guy, like, driving creepily around in an SUV, flashing his lights into the field at 5 in the morning. Is like, coming for the guy who called the cops because of the screaming girl at 5 a.m. Well, because the guy in the SUV, Michael, was like, she's going to get in trouble now. Yeah. Maybe for sex work? Unclear. So, you know, the cops do arrive, and they talk to Gus. And the thing is, Gus is telling the cops the story without Michael. Gus does not know that she's a sex worker. So he 
believes that part out of the story because he doesn't know it. So the cops kind of just assume that she had some kind of fight with her boyfriend right. or something. And that, like, now no one can find them and they're fine and whatever. Yeah, they kind of, like, look around with their flashlights and they're like, ah, whatever, let's go have Duncan. Yeah. You know, it's early in the morning. We'll get a jump on our culottes. Totally. The weekend arrives and there's still no word from Shannon. At this point, the Gilberts decide to take matters into their own hands. On May 8th, Shannon's sisters, Cherie and Sarah, drive nearly 200 miles to explore the site of Shannon's last whereabouts. Decided to walk through, knock on doors, and get the residents' attention about my sister. The sisters canvass the neighborhood and cover every open surface with missing person flyers. So, still no word from Shannon. So, the Gilbert family decides to spring into action. They drive to Oak Beach. Yeah. And they start flyering and knocking on doors and, and talking to people. And this is a very small community. Like, it really is one road in, one road out. I think there's 70 houses in this whole community. Right. And they're putting these flyers up everywhere. And then they just, like, I love these down bitch sisters. They just go and knock on Brewer's front yeah, door. Yeah, they're like, bang, 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 yeah. bang. Hey. And, you know, in Brewer's defense, he's kind of not an asshole to them. He's like, I honestly have no information for you. Like, she was here, she was acting really weird, and then she ran away, and I don't know anything else. And I'm like, yeah, but she was there for three hours. We know from the guy's, like, cell phone poker game that she was there for, th- what were you doing for three hours? I mean, they were doing the things that sex workers do. Okay, fine, but, like, don't say nothing happened. Like, either you gave her drugs or something, you know right. what I mean? That's like, what I think, that's yeah. the part that I think is missing. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, were having a party. But, I mean, they, that's know, what people do. You have, you know, they were having yeah. sex and maybe drinking, maybe doing some drugs. And I will also say that Shannon's mom is like, she doesn't do that stuff. So who knows? Yeah. Like, again, maybe he did something really fucking brutally tortury to her. And she did have a mental break because of like what he did to her. Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't know. So Sarah and Cherie are leaving the house. And before they do, they look on the ground and they notice a big silver hoop earring. Yeah. And then cut to a picture of Shannon wearing the exact same hoop earring. It was Shannon's hoop earring. Because remember, she yeah. fell when she yeah, went yeah, out yeah. the door. And the sisters are furious because they're like, the cops told us they searched. Yeah. How could they have searched and missed my fucking sister's earring right outside the guy's door? Yeah, exactly. So it really makes them feel like the cops aren't taking this seriously. And we're going to learn later that they do. But yeah. for right now, while we don't have a lot of answers, two weeks pass and we're fast forwarding to Friday, May 14th, 2010. The family is rightfully upset. They are frustrated. The family gets Shannon's cell phone records. You know that 911 call she yeah. had? She was on that call for... 21 minutes. And something that gets left out of the story here is that that cell phone call went to like a different jurisdiction. So the cops didn't know about this call until the sisters got the cell phone record. Yeah. The sisters had to tell the fucking cops about the 911 call. Why didn't the cops get her cell phone records? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, oh, and then I have a note. Oh, did Detective Dominic just burp? He did that thing where it was like, like he did that gurgle burp, like he just finished a burger five minutes ago. I have known you for more than half of my yeah. life. Uh-huh. I never knew your visceral hatred towards burping. You were breathing so loudly, like before we started recording, and I didn't say anything. It was a gross sound to hear. It's just, it's gross. I was like mouth breathing? Yeah, just breathing weird and loudly. Like, why do you breathe so loud? You breathe really loud. Do you know what else you do? What? Whenever you're reading something, you read it fucking out loud. <laughs> so he'll be reading his notes and be like they track the time they track the 911 call Gus guys are called uh-huh. I'm like oh okay tell me what else are you gonna say under your goddamn breath oh my god was I mouth breathing you were it was loud and it sounded like it, it sounded like sex noises if I'm being honest uh. so <laughs> uh-huh. that's 
not what it sounded like. Are those your sex noises? Uh, no, I'm assuming those are your sex noises. I mean, <laughs> you think those are my sex noises? <laughs> Honey, you could not handle me with an instruction manual. If you literally had uh, the Ikea diagram in front of you. Imagine that scenario where I am actually trying to handle you and I'm like, how does this thing work? Yeah, and you just turn pages. Oh, God. Oh, now it's the Chinese instructions. Yeah, and you flip it and then you Google it for like the more up-to-date instructions. You're like, there's probably a newer one here. And I'm like, nope, figure it out. So when the cops hear the 911 call, they describe it as, like, compelling. And again, this 911 call has never been released to the public, so we don't get it. But, but from- they tell, they say, she's yes. screaming, someone is after me. Yes. They're trying to kill me. And so then the chief says, but I mean, what happened to Shannon Govert? And I was like, babe, I know. that's your job. Right. You didn't even find the fucking right. phone records. You're working at a deficit, my dude. Okay? We're, we're not going to get you at you. Are you asking me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you? Same have- question, Cop. Yeah, back at you. Yeah. yeah, you have the badge and the walkie-talkies, friend. Right. Anyway. <laughs> the formal investigation begins with the two primary persons of interest, Shannon's driver, Michael Pack, and her final client, Joseph Brewer. We spent a lot of time with Brewer. His car was searched. His home was searched. Michael Pack was interviewed extensively. He was given a polygraph exam. Despite our initial instincts that either of them or her boyfriend Alex Diaz could have been very well involved in their disappearance. The investigators did not think so. I just imagine them being like, well, this is going to be an open shut case. It yeah. was obviously the guy that she was visiting. No, it wasn't. You know what? Definitely it the was driver. The driver. Mm, not no, him. it wasn't. Oh, it was the boyfriend who beat her so yeah. badly she needed a metal plate in her face. Actually, it wasn't him Actually, not either. That guy. And they're so like, let's oh. put him in jail anyway. <laughs> yeah. Put that fucking guy in jail anyway, you but guys. But I love how they thought it was going to be so open and shut, and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. We actually have to, like, do something now. And it's weird. Like, this is where the cops really do start to take this search effort for Shannon really seriously. And they're like, they bring in cadaver dogs and helicopters, and they say to us, as spring turns into summer, the area that they're searching in, it's along like Ocean Parkway, right? And it's the Bramble. If you don't know what Bramble is, then you're not oh, from the Northeast. But yeah. it's like very thick briars and bushes. And it's very, very, they say. Like, you can't walk through you it. You can't you, walk through it's it. Like you it's are- a great place to dump a body. Like there's no other way to say it. I mean, what in the Sopranos hell? Do you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. of that. When you pass it, I'm not kidding. I yeah. think how many bodies are in there. Yeah. When I pass those like woodsy bramble areas like going upstate yeah I, I know you okay no you seem to be scared in your car a lot I, <laughs> I am but you know what I'm doing what driving on right not stopping no no yeah definitely not I'm not stopping unless there is a Panera or a pee stop are there dead people <laughs> you think anybody's dead in there <laughs> that's me so they say they do their best. There's no sign of Shannon Gilbert anywhere. You know, and they say that by midsummer, the investigation slows to a halt. Yeah, and six months pass, and everyone is stumped, but definitely still willing to put forth the effort. So one random day, Officer John Malia. Malia. He, this guy's a fucking badass oh, hero. yeah. He's the kind of guy, like, he's so obsessed with finding Shannon Gilbert. Now, think about this, you guys. This isn't what usually happens. This is a sex worker who went out to do a job, and she went missing. And, like, a lot of times we're saying, like, no one cared because she was a sex worker. No one looked for her. This cop at least really cares. And he really wants to find her. They basically said whenever he kind of, like, had a free afternoon, he would just go out with his cadaver dog, Blue. Yeah. Uh, Blue. I know. Good stretchy, Blue. At around 3 p.m., Blue catches a scent 
and leads Malia into the thick overgrowth bordering the highway. Just a few feet in, Malia stops short. Blue has made a gruesome discovery. They find a body wrapped in burlap a short distance from the parkway. The body was uh, fully decomposed. We're talking skeletal remains, essentially. It wasn't buried, just basically shoved under some bushes. A body would be very well hidden in there. Right. But he's made this major discovery. And people are just like, this has to be Shannon. Like, obviously this yeah, is Yeah, they call the Gilbert family and they're like, basically, you know, prepare yourselves. We're going to send this to the medical examiner and it's probably going to be your daughter. And we're going to know quickly because we don't have to wait for DNA results. Exactly. Because remember, she's got that metal plate in her jaw. So, like, we're going to know this afternoon if yeah. it's Shannon or not. Get ready. It's probably going to be her. Guys, it's not fucking it's Shannon Gilbert. It's not Shannon. They went looking for a body? Yeah. Is that a yeah, they found a different body. So Mama Mary was actually happy. That way she was like still clinging to hope that she would yeah. find her safe one day, which kind of just made me go, oh, I just, it just usually doesn't happen like that. It's very sad. So two days later, December 13th, the cops go back to investigate that area as a crime scene. Right. And they're, they're like, like, let's extend this bitch. Yeah. Let's extend this search. <laughs> Can we go three miles? Three miles is the most, right? In either direction. Either direction. No, yeah. no more, yeah. no less. <laughs> Much to our surprise, two days later, on December 13th, another set of human remains were found. And then another. And then another set. And that's when this case took on a whole new dimension. What began as a missing persons case has suddenly exploded into a grisly multiple murder investigation. They found a body, then another, then, then another. another. I was like... Oh, my gosh. So basically... But one of these has to be Shannon, right? Of course it does. So they're all three sent to the medical examiner. Again, none of them had the metal jaw plate. To which I said... Yeah. The fuck is going on in Long Island? If you live on Long Island, you have to move. You're not safe. You know what I want in Long Island? What? I want floodlights. Yeah. I want floodlights around the whole city. Yes. I want helicopters all day. Yeah. All day. I want a big fucking company called the Fuck Out of Here Movers. Yeah. And you call them. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, this is Patrick. Thank you for calling the Fuck Out of Here Movers. Yeah. I want that sign to say population zero (laughs) by Halloween. (laughs) That's what I fucking want. Under it, it says, you're not safe, sis. No. You're not safe. I want a goddamn Ferris wheel. Yeah. I want a fucking theme park <laughs> with, yeah, with lights. Yeah. What the fuck is going on in Long Island? Charlene, where are you going to get a Ferris wheel? Like, she's, like, she's like, fuck. She's just taking notes all the way in Chico, California. So we have all of these bodies and they talk about their similarities. They're all wrapped in burlap. Because they make national news. Yeah. Obviously, four fucking bodies yeah. on the road in Long Island. Like, now it's everywhere. Right. So I'll finish my sentence. Okay. So, (laughs) he can't be tamed. He's like He's like a wild horse. Yeah. Like a stallion. Yeah, like a, well, like a a chubby stallion. Like a... Sent out to pasture, that stallion. (laughs) (laughs) The cutest, wittiest stallion there ever was. The The cutest, wittiest, drunkest stallion. Why is that horse so drunk? Why is that that horse so fun at a party, You know what, though? That horse is now friends with Jennifer Samard. Yeah. Detectives learn more about the four sets of remains. There were a whole string of similarities. They were all women approximately the same age. They were all wrapped essentially the exact same way in burlap. 
which is a very specific kind of uh, material. It turned out that the cause of death for all four was the same. They'd all been strangled. Those commonalities immediately suggest to them that one person is responsible for killing all of them. So now they're pretty much like, okay, we have a serial killer on our hands in Long Island. Yeah, and it's like they describe that whoever killed these women, they were methodical about it. That all of them were sex workers who advertised on Craigslist. So they were contacted through their ads. The guy would set up a date and then he would kill them. And they say like this area of Ocean Parkway where these bodies were dumped. Also, we say this on TCO all the time. Can we get a better word than dumped? I know. Where these bodies were dumped. I know. It's horrible to think of that because that's like obviously a human life, but it is so discarded. It's so disgusting and vile, but I agree. It's a very, very sad word to use. It's awful. But Detective Dominic is saying that this area is like a great place to do it because it's very dark. There's very little traffic at night. Like, Did you hear my floodlight idea? Did you hear my floodlight (laughs) idea? (laughs) Make it, you know what you do? Make it Disney World. Make it not fucking dark. Right. If that's where the bodies are, do something to not make it dark. Right. You're in charge, Long Island. I mean, the fuck out of here movers. This is Patrick. Yeah. You need a truck? We got one. We got one for yeah, you. We got plenty. Yes, we you need do. help moving? You're going to get your shit in that truck. Get the fuck out of there. You know you have till Halloween, right? right. <laughs> okay. Just checking. Just checking on your timeline. So they continue this search. And, you know, she is, we're, we'll talk about this more, but she is the reason they're out there. And you guys, hold on to your butts. They find three more bodies. Yeah. And sadly enough, None of them are Shannon. So by this time, they have found 10 remains. And like the thing about these remains, they're different from the other remains yeah. they found. They say these remains are dismembered. Like there's literal bags of yeah. bones. One bag contains just like a, a complete human skeleton and nothing else. One is a baby. One is like yeah. a toddler wrapped in a blanket, With you their guys. mother. With the mother. And they say, this is where I have, if you live on Long Island, you have to get the fuck out. You yeah. are not fucking safe. Nobody, who lives, do people still live there after I all of this? No, I'm not sure. Oh. But people, there's saying it might not even be just one serial killer. It might be two or three serial killers. I mean, one set of remains they said had been there for 15 15 years. years. You mean to tell me no one checked that bramble for 15 years? And like, who is missing family members? You know what I mean? Like, oh God. I just wrote, are there two serial killers in Long Island? (laughs) And they say none of them are Shannon. Oh, do you know people in Long Island say on Long Island, not in Long Island? Oh, I would say that. Yeah. On Long Island. Okay, I'm going, I'm I'm out on Long Island. Lawn Guyland. Lawn Guyland. Yeah, okay. Lawn, L-A-W-N. I I don't need any letters. G-U-Y-L-A-N-D describes Fire Island, which is an area of Long Guyland. Long Guyland. It actually makes perfect sense. So it actually, it actually, about, it, makes, it actually makes a great deal of sense. Can we change that name? Can we change the sign since no one's going to live here anymore? <laughs> we can change it to whatever we want, right? Because our population is zero thanks to those fucking podcasters. The fuck out of here movers. This is Patrick. <laughs> it's been 19 months since Shannon went missing, but her case remains a high priority for the Suffolk County police. With the summer foliage now gone, they organize one final search for the missing woman. The police, they're putting their neck out a little bit saying, 
we're gonna commit this number of resources to try to close that door, essentially. We're looking for any and all evidence associated with the skeletal remains. And of course, we are still searching for Shannon Gilbert. It's winter again. So again, it's a little bit easier to search the bramble because, like, the foliage is dead. And they're saying they're making one last search effort. Like, this is it. Like, they've really looked for Shannon. But if they don't find her this time, like, they're just going to kind of call off the search. But remember that guy, down bitch cop John Malia? He was the one that, like, went looking for Shannon on all of his days off. So he's back. And literally, he says to the cop, can we stop searching the highway and maybe search that marsh that's 800 feet from where Shannon went missing? How about we search there, chief? Yeah. And the chief was like, you know what? Actually, good idea, John. That's a great Great idea. idea. Yeah. And so hero cadaver dog finds a purse. With Shannon's ID inside. Which was the thing I was about to say before you interrupted I was excited. I was yes-anding you. I was yes-anding you. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I set you up and you just, you you get get to say the fun part. How do you think I got to where I Yeah. Okay. What else did they find? You (laughs) tell them what else they found. Now I make (laughs) a cookie monster. You know them. That's a really high pitched, loud cookie monster you have today. (laughs) It's because you got junk with Dren Samard last night. I did. She's got a Tony nomination. So that wasn't a slight to you, by the way. I know it sounded like, but it wasn't. So wait. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I got a lot of attitude. That's yeah, true. Uh, and great knockers, remember? Oh, knockers thank you so much. Again, instruction manual. Uh, yeah. You would not know what to do and when. What do I do with these? Your ignorance is immaculate. They're just hanging there. <laughs> Somebody, Steve. Police discover an ID card belonging to Shannon Gilbert. It's the breakthrough they've been waiting nearly two years for. This started a full court press, a very meticulous search of an area, which was actually approximately 100 acres of thick marshland. Over the following days, the search team uncovers two waterlogged women's shoes and a pair of mangled blue jeans. The items match what Shannon was wearing the night she went missing. Once they found her person ID, they start a full court press. Do you know what a full court press is, my love? I really don't know what that is. Okay, guess what sport that is. Is it basketball? <gasps> I did not know it was a it was a sports ref, but now that I know, yeah, it's basketball. For court. Good for you. Thank it you. Been tennis, uh, but no, it's basketball. I, they said that. He said full court press. I was like, Patrick's not gonna know what that means. <laughs> so they have a hundred acres of thick marsh to get through, and they do. <laughs> what? What? What'd I say? I don't know. There's like an Ellen sex joke in there somewhere. A hundred acres of thick marsh to get through. See, this is the thing. Yeah. Because then people tweet and text me and say, Ellen, why do you think Patrick's so obsessed with you? And then you make comments like that. And then where does that leave me? <laughs> where does that leave me? It leaves you in your in your home in New Jersey answering the DMs. Yeah. Exactly. About why you're so obsessed with me. So they find two waterlogs, women's shoes, and a pair of mangled. They use the word mangled. Blue yeah. jeans. And they match what Shannon was wearing that night. Like, they found Shannon's shit. So they bring out, what is this machine that they're using it's called? It's called an amphibious vehicle, but I don't know I don't know what, what it is. I was like, is that the name? Is that a Is that a monster truck? I, so... Is it a tractor? I'm not sure, but it's an amphibious vehicle. That's all I know. It cuts the brush. Yeah, it It is a big old thing that I've never seen before that cuts the brush. So they're cutting through the brush. And this is December 13th, 2011. Now, this is a year after they found that first body. Yes, but this is how they say that. Exactly one year from the day the police found that first repository of bodies. Repository of bodies, Christopher? Yeah. That's not a 
that's a gross, it's an unnecessary way, repository of bodies. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. No, thanks. No, that, that was good. That was yeah. good. So it's one year to the day since then. So guess what they found? What? Another body. Yes. I received a phone call from Detective Higgins, who told me that remains were found, that he believes it may be my daughter. The remains were removed by the medical examiner and subsequent examination indeed concluded that the remains were that of Shannon Gilbert. Oh my God. Yeah. The bodies? This time, I mean, you have every reason to believe that it actually is Shannon because they found her shoes, they found her purse with her ID, they rushed it to the medical examiner's office, and it is Shannon. It and is. they say that they found this body 100 yards from where she went missing. This is new information for me. I didn't know that it was like in a swamp, basically. Because right. I'm like, when I first learned this when we were covering Unraveled, I was like, we have had every cop on Long Island looking for this woman yeah. for the last fucking two years. Yes, they really, really have. I mean, they did search and, let's and look rescue. everywhere, but right where she went missing you guys i want to go everywhere else it's so weird and i mean it's super sad but also really relieving to the family you know now they can at least put her to proper rest but the police say they really for this yeah they believe that shannon's death was accidental they do not believe that shannon was a victim of the long island serial killer they Mm -hmm. think that she was at brewer's house that night she either had some kind of mental break or was on drugs now the family does not believe yeah the family is not not pleased no and I'm not saying that I do and I don't want to perpetuate this if this isn't true. Right. I'm just saying what the cops are saying. You know, and I also believe that it's possible that maybe she did have a mental break because he did something fucking awful to her. Yeah. We don't know. But, you know, the cops are saying that she ran to get away from Michael Pack. This is such a sad image. She ran and ran and ran. It's like the middle of the night and that she just got exhausted and sort of fell down and like drowned in or the like, swamp. just like kind of like succumbed to elements or yeah. whatever happened. Like, literally got stuck there. Now, the family's like, nah. The fuck no. For those close to Shannon, the accident theory is impossible to accept. They don't believe her genes could have fallen off naturally, as police maintain. When Dahmer told the media that Shannon ran out of her pants and drowned, is ludicrous. Her being drunk or in a drug stupor, that is not Shannon. Not buying it. Not for a second. And And they're saying that, like, all of these other fucking women in close proximity were murdered and dumped there. Like, of course you can see from the family side. That's like, can it be that much of a coincidence? That's crazy. Yeah. Then they tell us, this is actually really confusing. Maybe you can shed some light because I listened to Unraveled, but I don't remember this at all. But Shannon was bipolar. Yeah. And they tell us she wasn't on her meds. Yeah. and How do we know that? I don't know how we know that. I thought that was a real blanket statement. I was like, yikes. But also in Unraveled, we meet another guy who we are told Shannon encountered after she ran out of that brewer's house. Yeah. And he gave her pills, we are told in Unravel. He gave her pills and sent her on her way. Like, he's a doctor or whatever. And then, like, later called Shannon's mom. Yeah. Like, it's very weird. Like, there's so many variables here. And 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 the Gilberts are not here for any of no. this clownery. Yeah, They no. are not buying any of it. And, you know, because they were like, how are all the victims the same? They they all fell into a certain pattern. How is this a coincidence?
coincidence? Like, I would do the same thing. And Shannon's mom is also saying Shannon hated the cops. She hated the cops and she was afraid of them. So for her to have called 911, yeah. there must have been something really fucking bad going on. Yeah. And Mama Mary has a really beautiful perspective. She basically said that if they weren't out looking for Shannon, yeah. they wouldn't have found these other victims. And I think Mama Mary finds some kind of peace in that. Sure. Knowing that, like, at least other families got, like, their closure yeah. and their stories solved a little bit. We also learned that five of the ten bodies that were found still have still not been identified. I- identified. Also, did you, this wasn't in the episode, but, you know, the Gilbert's family, they sought an outside autopsy and they said that she might have been strangled. Oh. But there's no, they don't say that with very much I mean, authority, but they found that from, like, an independent autopsy that they took outside of the police. Yeah, and, and, like, in Unraveled, too, we also meet the Gilbert family attorney and he's this fucking awesome guy. He has heard the 911 call. He fought to get the 911 call and was denied, denied, and then he got it under the condition that he was never allowed to share it with anybody. But he Why? did describe it. He described the call. He described her as being absolutely frantic and absolutely in fear for her life. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things surrounding the Long Island serial killer. Like, there's a lot of evidence that they haven't released. And also, we learned in Unraveled that there's a website set up by the Suffolk County Police Department that lists all of the victims of the Long Island serial killer. Shannon Gilbert is listed on that list. But, you know, in a lot of my side research, actually, it says that they don't consider her a victim of that. It's a, it's a lot of back and forth on the internet. But she is listed officially yeah. on the Suffolk County Police Department's website as a victim, so we don't know. There's a lot of evidence that the police won't release in, regarding the, the Long Island serial killer. One of the pieces of evidence is, like, one of the women that we know that was found dead, like, there's video surveillance of her leaving her hotel room the last night that she was seen, but they won't release that, and we don't know why. Yeah, like, why? There's been a lot of secretiveness around all of it's this. It's so crazy. So, Mama Mary continued to be a huge advocate for finding her daughter. She never gave up, but Mama Mary was actually stabbed <gasps> and killed by her daughter, Sarah. <gasps> what? Yeah, in 2016. What? Why? What happened? Her daughter suffered from schizophrenia, and there was a report claiming that she had heard voices. Sarah's in this episode. She is in the episode, and she is serving a 25-year sentence for no. killing her mother. And she said that she was she had heard voices that were telling her to carry out this murder. <gasps> and Mary was a huge advocate for the whole case, and she went to her death fighting to find answers for her daughter. So if anyone is interested, there is a Netflix original film that talks about the Gilgo Beach case and it's showing and it and it starts with Mary and Shannon's case. It's called Lost Girls on Netflix. Oh my and, god. Um, and this whole part of this the beginning of the story is depicted and it's very beautiful. But yeah, it has a really, really tragic end. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Sarah is on the episode. Oh, that is awful. Yeah, it's very, very sad. The family was just riddled with tragedy, and they still don't know what happened to Shannon Gilbert. Say something funny. The fuck out of here, movers. This is Patrick. Bow, 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 We love you so much. You guys, if you want more Ellen and me, join us on our Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. Three full ad-free bonus episodes every week. Over, what, 20, 30, 40 episodes at this point. So fun. We're covering Who the Bleep Did I Marry, which is just a bonkers banana bath. It is bananas. Yeah, it's 
really we had to take crazy. a little pause from Evil Lives Here yeah. when we wanted to have a little bit more fun. And that was high on the request list because we go by your requests. You can also follow us on all of our socials, The Disappeared Pod on Instagram. You can follow us on um, Twitter. You can join our face group. Let me just tell you, our face group? Let me just tell you, <laughs> our Facebook community is so it's great. fun and yeah. kind and funny and they care about true crime and they care about each other. So if you want to find some internet best friends, yeah. it is the best way to go. We are in there all the time. It's That's the, uh, the Obsessed with Disappeared podcast discussion group. Good for you. Thank you so much. Look at you. And if you had fun today and you want to leave us a review on iTunes, give us five stars and tell us why you love us. Yeah. Go watch Ellen's TikToks. They're pretty good. How cute are you? <laughs> all right. We love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Two opossums. <laughs> We're going to need two of those. We need two. Yeah. I can only find one opossum. You have a dingo? <laughs> God damn it. I think those are only in Australia. All right. No dingoes. Pass dingoes off the list. Jennifer, what is, what, is, what are we Jennifer, doing? Jennifer, make it make sense. Make, make it make it sense, make sense, Jennifer. We got to use all of it. That is so funny. So, is this a movie? Anyway, so. Is any of this real? Yeah. What's an art? You know what? I don't have time for this conversation. Can you just... <laughs>